You're listening to Episode 8 of Season 5 of Partnerships and Possibilities, a podcast on leadership. In this episode, who needs them? Hi, I'm Sharon. And I'm Diana. And we're going to be talking about leadership in organizations. Leadership in organization happens at all levels and takes many forms. Hi, everybody. Today, we're going to talk about some of the new things that we're learning about do we need managers or don't we need managers? And what use are they anyway? And um, A question this, asked by many. <laughs> a question asked by many. And recently, um, we've been seeing a lot of articles about Zappos, which is adopting uh, a form of an organizational design form called Holacracy, um, which is being characterized in the media as eliminating bosses, which it doesn't really do. Mm -hmm. It just acknowledges that different people in an organization have different kinds of work. Um, But there's also been stories about Google and the the idea that they looked at, which was, do we really need managers or not? And um, they figured out that, yes, in fact, they do, but they need to do particular things that Mm -hmm. not every manager knows to do. And a number of other organizations, even some local ones. Here. Yeah, there was one in I saw in the newspaper recently uh, an article about a company called Treehouse, which mm-hmm. is a uh, Portland startup. And the um, the the headline is "Bosses uh, are non-essential personnel?" Question mark. Um, and but what they've done is uh, well. Let Let's talk about. Yeah. about it in more detail because some of these you know from the outside may all look the same but I think they may have some slight differences and you know it's like right. the devil is in the details and so unpacking that a little bit could be right. a useful thing for not only us but for um, right. our, our followers who um, you know we know that there are a number of you who are really listening very regularly which we totally appreciate um, and we've we've mentioned this topic before, I believe, yeah. but I don't think we've ever gone into it in detail. Right. Well, and I think you know when you read the headline, "Bosses are are non-essential personnel?" Question mark. Yeah, it got my um, attention. Um, I think I think that's one of the places where things really do get tripped up, mm-hmm. in the sense that um, you know I think about the word "boss" right. as both a noun and a verb. Right, right, and while while there are tasks that managers and organizations do, and some of those may be essential, some of them not, I think it's the bossing part, <laughs> the verb part, that really gets us into trouble, and and are we, you know, are we being not a boss but a servant leader? Or a you know someone who's supporting other other people's work and giving them, making sure they get the information and feedback they need to do good work, right? Um, or are we being bossy, you know, and micromanaging and doing those kinds of things? And I think that in a, in essence may be a part of the key to this, in the sense that. Um, in the Zappos example, holacracy is a for an organizational form where people um, are formed into into circles, 
mm-hmm. and they and the circles have connectors. So there, it's more like creating a network of circles in an organization, mm-hmm. and different circles need to communicate with different circles, and some circles are primarily focused on doing managerial tasks, which means supporting all the other circles, right? Um, Spotify in uh, in Sweden has a has a similar kind of thing where they've got um, I forget what they call them, but they've got tribes and groups and uh, another another kind of cluster, mm-hmm. and and they have a very sophisticated, not overly complicated, but a very sophisticated way of thinking about how those different groups intersect in their organization so that the information flows that people need are there and so on. And and they have very few bossy managers. Right, right. right. <laughs> you know, right. and so the, I think the key is, to some extent, it's figuring out how much of that liaison, information gathering, information dissemination, supporting, stewarding of both groups and individuals, um, how much of that kind of work needs to be done in a particular organization. And, of course, that changes a lot with size, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and or, or distribution. I mean, if you're all in one place and there are 12 of you, right. the challenges are very different than if of you course. are global and there are 10,000 of, of you. Of course. So, so what, what people tend to talk about these solutions about bosses and managers as if it's one size fits all. Right. And what we know is that's never the case. You know, it's the classic consultant, it depends, right? because it really does depend on a lot of factors and conditions that are present. It, so. it, it's funny, you just reminded me though, I was listening to a uh, webinar the other day about um, from the Hogan folks about right. some new tools that they've been developing, and uh, towards the end I asked a question and the guy took a deep breath and he said, well, that depends. <laughs> and everyone on the phone line just started laughing because, right, right it was the classic, yeah. the classic, you know, right. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. But yeah, and our uh, our friends and colleagues uh, Arlo Belshi and Jim Shore yeah. did a did a very hysterical uh, session a couple of times at the Agile conference, where one of the ongoing refrains in this skit that they did was it, it depends. depends. Yeah. What does it depend on? It depends on context. What's right. the context? Well, it depends. Right. And that went on for some time. Sure. And it is funny, but it's also true. Right. Um, you know, context and conditions and circumstances. And the nature of your business, what industry you're in, what size you are, what the nature of the work is, um, all of those things, what kind of people you hire, all of those things have a bearing. So let me ask you a question. You may know more about this than I do. But let's say in an organization you have a one circle doing the managerial work. The question in my mind is not so much around the bossing, right. but it's around the nature of the work and how the work is valued. Yeah. So do the people doing, in that example of the circles, the managerial work, do they get paid differently than the other people? Well, that's, yeah, that's the question, isn't it? Yes, because that's, 
Yes. Bottom line, cut to the chase. That's what it would come down Status to. Status and reward. If, yeah. if the reward for that work is different, if the work is fundamentally valued in a different way, yeah. then production work, design work, if it, you know, yeah. then somebody somewhere is saying it's more important work. Right. And or it's got it. It has more. Um, Impact to the, the impact organization, to the organization. Whatever. Yeah, right, right, right. right. It's so, more significant work right. in some way. So, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that what that makes me think of is years ago, probably 10, 15, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. down in Eugene, Oregon, there was a, a co-op company, a cooperative company called yeah. Burley. And they made um, trailers for bicycles, uh-huh. right? And Burley was a wholly owned worker co-op. Mm-hmm. So everybody there theoretically was an owner of the company. They had lots of company meeting kinds of things. Actually, our friend Darcy Hitchcock did some work with them. That's how I learned about them. Um, and, uh, and they had a general manager. Some they realized that some but there was this work that somebody had to do had to be the outward facing sure. face of the organization, and he got paid more. Mm-hmm. I think there were only three pay grades, mm-hmm. and he was the top yeah. in okay. the top one. All right. And when I asked them about that, because um, I got to talk to some of the people who work there, they said, "Well, he's." Because of the nature of his job, he is on call 24 hours a day. The rest of us show up, we work eight hours, we leave. Mm-hmm. You know, he has more responsibility. He okay, has, right, so that's So he gets fair. compensated for that. That's fair. But everybody decided that. It uh, wasn't him who made that determination. Uh-huh. It was everybody in the cooperative who said, you know what, this job is different. Sure. From all these other jobs. And it really does deserve, whoever's sitting there really does deserve a higher compensation because they just have more pressure mm-hmm. um, on them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a more stressful job. It's, you know, so on. And and then I think about... Um, and wait, are they yeah. still in business? Do we know? They were purchased. Mm. The They were purchased by Schwinn, I think. Anyway, one of the big... Big, well-known bicycle manufacturers, and uh, you know who who. But the, everybody in the co-op had to vote to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, they got bought out, and then they were no longer a co-op. So I don't know what they're doing now. Sure, but um, they're less interesting to me. Now. Right, <laughs> right. But um, but you know that I think about that form. I think about uh, that what Ricardo Simler has written about mm-hmm. in terms of Semco, where everybody mm-hmm. gets to set their own salary mm-hmm. wherever they are in the mm-hmm. organization, and they do that based on kind of market rates and what everybody else will sign off on mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. So I think there are ways of having compensation differentials that make sense and can be supported by everybody in the organization um, as opposed to just, well, I'm in the, I'm in the CEO seat. So therefore I get to make 150 times more than you make right in a year. Um, 
where that's set by a board or set by the executives themselves or or whatever. Um, I, I you know I do think it does it makes sense for reward uh, or exchange of value to be different for different people. Um, but I don't know that that always has to be money. It could be more vacation days. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, I, I think people don't think very creatively about well, that. Well, no, that's, frankly. that's, that's um, for sure. And, um, yeah, the, I mean, I think there are a number of examples of where compensation has been. We worked for a, for a government agency for a while where there were some very high-level technical leaders who actually made more than um, some of the managers that they reported to because, right, 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 because right. they had reached such a pinnacle of, of technical expertise and ability and seniority in that organization and so right. on and so forth. That, um, and, and there was a dual track. There right. was the the track what, that led into sort of people and project management, and there was a right. track that led into technical right. technical leadership where right. people could stay technical without having to be managers. Right. And um, in that instance, there were there were technical people who made more than man than the managers they reported to. Right. But again, that was not decided by the no. employees as no, a it was whole. Not. Yeah. That was management's effort. Mm-hmm. To keep some of their technical stars. Yeah. So it it it's a good idea, and mm-hmm. in that case, it it didn't come from the right. workforce right. as a whole. Right. So I know in this uh, article about Treehouse that was in the local uh, papers, they talked about the fact that that raises you know mm-hmm. uh, well first of all that a project. Um, somebody developed an idea for a project, posted it online, and either people signed up to work on it yeah. or the idea yeah, dies. That's they've done that at WordPress sure. too, and a number of other organizations. And yeah. and the whole issue of compensation yeah. was um, you know decided by you're rated by your peers, right. which is something we've been trying to get people yeah. <laughs> who are just moving to team based organizations to, to do for that. years, right? You know, and even that is such a stretch in it's so many places. So yeah, the, I mean, I think yeah. Things... Well, maybe there just needs to be the people like us who talk about something for twenty or twenty-five years until everybody, <laughs> until other people start catching up. I don't know. That's that may be a little bit of hubris, but it certainly feels that I way know. some days. I don't know. I know. Yeah, but I think I think that's an interesting question. And so there's that question: the question of if some people are doing manager work and some people are doing other work, could be other kinds of staff support work, mm-hmm. could be service delivery or, or product delivery work. Um, you know, how, how, what are the differences in, in compensation is one question. Another is what are the differences in workplace I mean, who gets to sit where and who decides that? And what does the workplace look like is another thing that often, you know, or what do, and what does work feedback look mm-hmm. like? I mean, are we I, doing annual performance reviews, which we've already ranted about in the previous right, episode? Right. Or are, you know, are we doing something like 360 or some kind of 
you know, really sitting down and having heart to heart on a more, much more frequent basis about how things are going. Sorry. Go you know, to speak to the point you just were raising, um, I think it's um, GitHub where everybody's desks are on rollers yeah. or wheels. So you can just reconfigure, reconfigure, reconfigure. I love that idea. Yeah. I mean, how hard is that to do, really? Right. What a low-cost way right. to, to model the idea that, you know, we, we, these, these um, groupings are, are, are temporary. Right. You know, people don't have to get attached to sitting in one place. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, I like that. Um, I wish I'd thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I visited, um, on Thursday, I visited a company. Um, I, I guess I could mention their name, uh, Incom. They had a big open house, and um, I went there and did a, a talk for uh-huh. them. Um, sort of like a brown bag, but not at lunchtime. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, and so I got to tour the place. I mean, that's, you know... Our, Kind of our standing offer is sure. we'll come do a brown bag if sure. you give us a tour, right? Sure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, I know you especially yeah, love that. I especially love that because I love seeing where places people work, and um, and so that's what that's what we had set up for for in common. and and I noticed that the the um, I don't know what his title is, but the the person who's basically director of development or. I don't, I don't know if he's a vice president or just a manager. I don't know what his title is. But he he has an office with a window and a door that closes. But it's the whole wall is a glass wall that looks out into the rest of the space. Mm-hmm. And his window just continues on into the windows that everybody gets. And, and they have a certain amount of um, flexibility in terms of how people are sitting and how they're forming their their teams and uh, in terms of kind of immediate co-location where you know where do people sit right as, if they're right. parts of different product teams and stuff so i was thinking about that just just recently it's like yeah he's got an office with a window but everybody else has pretty much the same access to window you know they can they can easily get there they don't all have doors that close but then again I mean that's another that's another one of those things that some people sometimes think of as status and power issues but also have to do or and also have to do with what's the nature of your work and if you need to have frequent confidential conversations right. Right. with someone right you either have to have like you know the the uh, hot conference rooms where that are always open and anybody can go in at yes. any time or you have to have a place where you can have you know you have to have some place where you can have those conversations sure, because somebody's job right. is having a lot of those kinds right. of hiring conversations feedback conversations right. delivering bad news conversations all of that absolutely um you need a place right. where you can do that with some privacy right right so you know, even sort of where you sit, people read a lot into that. People read status or power or 
Well, and, and influence I think, I think that. that's because traditionally, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't think people are pulling that stuff out of the blue. No. I mean, yeah. traditionally, that is exactly how it was. Yeah. So, so for people to have those, to, you know, to carry some of those, um, what may be now misconceptions, you know, comes out of I think you know a a, a well established way in corporate America of of what signals, yes, you know, those things were meant to convey. And um, so, um, you know, I, I can see how people get hooked or trapped now into um, maybe misreading what a closed door could signify. Um, and maybe there's also a kind of a if you will a re-education process that yeah. needs to happen that um if you were the employee who had a serious personnel issue and you right. needed to be talking about that with somebody you'd want some privacy yeah, yeah? Right. right right okay so it isn't that right. you know this is all secret stuff that you know there is a cabal planning right. you know, something, <laughs> something bad um right. so yeah i, right. I yeah. So, I mean, all but all of those questions come into play when we talk about do we need managers or don't we need managers and do we need bosses or don't we need bosses. The you know the the just even the terminology the yeah the boss idea really does come from you know boss sharecropper sharecropper yeah. yeah, yeah, days yeah, yeah, yeah. right right um, and. Uh, and I think it's it's interesting that um, somewhere along the line, the idea of overseer turned into supervisor, mm-hmm. which, of course, at its root is exact same word, right? Right. <laughs> right. And so, which is much more about micromanagement and theory X management and right. keeping everybody's nose to the grindstone and right. all of that and bossiness, right? Right. Um, Whereas, you know, I have worked with some highly effective managers over the years. And, and in Google's research and figuring out what really made a helpful, useful manager in their system, they came out with, I don't know, nine or 11 points of, yeah, we really need people who can do all of these things. I don't have that at the tip of my tongue, but... Mm-hmm. But um, it's worth looking up if you haven't read about that. Um, I don't, if I were working at Google, I don't know that I would want somebody doing all of those 11 things. There might be one or two I'd swap out for something different. But in essence, they are beginning to capture, you know, what, what really is needed, particularly for technical work. And maybe, you know, retail, possibly it's different. I don't know. There's a big argument about can anybody manage any kind of work? Um, you know, how much do you have to know about the work and how much does that change things? But, it, you know, there's a lot of the qualities of a good manager are not tasks, you know, are not the direct work-related kinds of things. Right. They really right. are somebody who is very skilled at setting up the work systems and work environments it you know that are going to be helpful to other people and generally speaking the people who do that best engage all those other people and co-create that work system and work environment with them 
and but they bring some additional knowledge about what's been possible other places and how you might think about this differently and they bring the ability to ask interesting questions mm-hmm. so that people can think deeply about what what really does our work need to look like and sometimes they need to do a little work on designing their own work mhm right you know so um so all, all of that i think is is a part of the complexity the the context the it depends uh, when it comes to do we really need managers or don't we or do we just get rid of them and it, I think it's just too simple to say oh well we just don't need them I agree with you but I do think we could get rid of the word boss yeah forever forever I would have to know, let that one go that because that just sets up All right a whole set of stuff that yeah. and and you know I think people have done that officially you yeah. know, I, I never see that word officially. The only time I see it is in, in articles anymore. Yeah. I see yeah, yeah, it yeah, in, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in articles and in business journals and in, yeah. Right. Right. Right, right. Because it's an inflammatory word. Absolutely. Right? But even, you know, I hear it more than I see it. Yeah. Because in writing... People are smart enough to refer to management or supervisor, or supervisors, or leaders. Or, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but um, but in in common speaking, people still talk about oh, he's her boss or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that's a step that every one of us could take is just to eliminate that word from our language yeah. um, in this context because. It, as you said, it's inflammatory. It doesn't clarify anybody's thinking. It just muddles the waters. Right. So that's my rant for the day. <laughs> Down with bosses. <laughs> the word. I'm with you on that one, Sharon. Okay. <laughs> well, um, if you have any comments about this, um, we'd be curious to hear how you, um, our audience, think about this idea what experiments maybe you're familiar with or know about at your own companies, um, we'd love to hear from you. And if, if we do, then we'll have some more info to share with others. So let us, let us know. Please leave your comments on our blog or email us info at futureworksconsulting.com or find us on Twitter at futurewks. This has been Episode 8 of Season 5 of Partnerships and Possibilities. Thanks for listening.